Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. The reality is, as we celebrate Christmas today, um, Christmas is not about presents, although th- th- that's great. Christmas is, is not about uh, this, the, the season of jolliness. The, those are all great ideas. But Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. And that's why many of us sing the song, Joy to the World, because the Lord has come. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. I remember as a child, it was hard to sleep the night before Christmas. Come on. The gifts, the families, the friends, the celebration, the food. Now that I'm older, it's more about the food. Uh, um, Come on, I have some, my wife tonight, and I'm sure all of you have different traditions that you do, but what we do is we get all the family together, and my wife cooks fried chicken. Come on, somebody. And the Lord said it was good. And so we all get together, and and all of these times are fun. But I will tell you this, that all of those great moments um, pale in comparison to the wonderful moment where God said, I'm going to be close to man. All of those pair in comparison. Christmas is about celebrating a miraculous moment in time that changed everything. When God himself became man and dwelt among us, where his loving kindness was on display for the whole world to see, and in a manger filled with hay... God begins to make clear his intentions for us. In John chapter 1 verse 14 it says this, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. This is a big celebration and it's a big deal. And I want to walk us through the fact that This season, the eve of Christmas, as we celebrate Christmas, hope is here. There is hope, and hope is present. And my assignment today is hope is here. And I want to give you four reasons to be joyful about the birth of Christ. Four reasons to be joyful about the birth of Christ. So we have a tradition. We wake up Christmas, and the kids can do their stockings, and they can do stuff like that. But, but we don't open any presents until we read this passage in Luke. And I wanted us to read this together. Luke chapter 2 verse 8 through 20 says this. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were greatly afraid." And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, an, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And so it was the angel had gone away from them 
to heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph, the babe, lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying that was told to them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and was told to them. This, if you've been in church, if you've, if you've read the, the birth of Christ, this is the passage that most of the time we read. And I want to point out some things that I think are very important to this passage. Four reasons to be joyful about the birth of Jesus. The first is, Jesus' arrival means God is near. Jesus' arrival means God is near. Let's, let's talk about this because here's the thing. It's very hard for us to continue to make things special that we think we already understand. In, in other words, um, I remember getting married to my wife. The anticipation, the days, the, the, the planning. You know, we have this picture um, uh, up in, in our bedroom, and it's over our, our bed, and it is a, a picture that, uh, of a, the place that we got engaged. And so it was a little gazebo, a little dock on a lake, and that's what, that was our first kiss, come on, you know. And, and, and that was, I went back there, and I proposed there, and so that, that, that is in our bedroom. It's in this huge frame, and it's just a, a sign of, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, so, and so it's special. It was special. I, I did a lot of planning. I spent a lot of money on that ring. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, th there was a lot of plan. There was. I was sweating. I, I had to talk to people. I had. To, I remember having to go to um, both her mother and her father. This was a big event. And and what's funny is now, 15 years later, I have to remind myself and go there because it can very easily just be a, you know, it's just a anniversary. I mean, we, are, we, we know how we feel about each other. You know, I told you once, when it changes, I'll let you know. You know, I mean, we know. And it's very easy for us to understand Christmas, but never give it its full weight and its full measure. Remember when you bought your first car? Come on, you bought your first car where you actually bought it. It wasn't given to you, you bought it. And you had like all these commitments that you were like, no one's ever breathing in the car, no one's eating in the car, no, nothing's ever going to be. And like three years later, there's like fries up in the car. <laughs> you know, there's grass stains on the mat. You're like debating whether you're going to wash it or not. See, here's what happens is for believers, oh, it's the birth of Jesus, woo, have a party. The birth of Jesus means that God came near. Now, here's what you need to see. In that time, the Jewish people were under oppression. They were ruled by the Roman government. There had been 400 silent years that God was not speaking. 
And so here's the deal. They're wanting to connect with God, but God is silent. And there's oppression and people are are begging and wanting the Messiah to come to redeem them so that they could be the the people that they were just only uh, many, many centuries ago. Leaders, pioneers, people who would wage war and move in. And so now they're, it's almost like they're back in bondage. They don't have a vote. God's been silent. And all of a sudden, God begins to start to speak. And John the Baptist is now coming forward. And and Jesus, and all of a sudden, it's like heaven opened up. And now there's this great dialogue and conversation. And something is happening. And that's where they're at. God has always wanted to have a relationship with us. The realities of life can steal your hope and discourage your purpose if you let it. We all experience loss. Pain and rejection. And that hurt is real. But no matter what your circumstance is this Christmas, you need to realize that you are not alone. And we serve a God who wants to come near to us. Christmas is a reminder that hope is here. Hope is here. Just think about the difficulty in that time, in that season. Right now, you may feel very distant from the Lord. You may feel that in some way you have disqualified yourself from embracing the presence of God. I want to challenge you on this. You are never too far from the Lord where He is not doing all He can to move you back. That He is moving you back. I want to challenge you also. Feelings can be very, very deceptive. Come on, somebody. I want to challenge you in in this. Do not allow your feelings to dictate your reality. Sometimes the worst decisions are made when we're led by our feelings. Come on, has there ever been a conversation you wish you could have back? Come on, you... You know, it was time. Come on, the earrings. Oh, we're about to, about to get real. We're about to, I'm finally going to say everything that I've been thinking. How'd that work out for you? See, we live in a society that says feelings are the most important thing, and you've got to, you've got to run your life by your feelings. And here's what I would say. No matter what your feelings are concerning you and your relationship with the Lord, God sent Jesus to remind you that he wanted to be near to you. One of Jesus' many names, Emmanuel, means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is God. And can I tell you this? While many people would say, you know what? We want to throw a birthday party and and all of that is really great for Jesus. Can I tell you that, that that's not even the most important aspect? The most important aspect was that all God and all man was represented in Jesus. And and listen, if we get caught on a cute baby and having a birthday party and miss the God in Jesus, then here's the deal. We will celebrate something that we don't fully understand. He was completely God, all God, all man. Jesus was more than a holy man. He was more than a prophet or a martyr. He was the complete eternal God who became flesh. He reduced 
himself down. God who was boundless and endless. He was at the beginning and he is at the end. Now, now says that I'm going to, to produce myself in the form of man. Why? For you. For you. That he took on a limitation for you. All God, all man. An unapproachable God became approachable. For the first time, you could touch him. You could, you could talk to him. He was in the form of a man. You understand in the Old Testament, if you touched the tabernacle, you would instantly die. Moses had to cover his face just to see God's backside. And here now God is man. And for the first time people are touching. Remember the, the story of the woman who came up and touched the hem of his garment. And he turns around and says, who touched me? Jesus' arrival means God is near. The second thing is this. Jesus is the promise of redemption. The promise of redemption. The Bible says, For therefore is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. When Jesus was born, this was the first step in God's plan towards salvation. All eternity, God had been planning the redemption of mankind. Now we need to think about this because the truth is, why did we need a Savior? Because if you don't understand that you need a Savior, then there's nothing to Jesus but a cute infant. You have to understand that you needed a Savior. Here is the gospel message in four words. The gospel message is the creation, the fall, the redemption, and the restoration. Let's talk about the creation. First of all, this is how you, how you frame what you believe in your theology. There is a creator, a father God, who created all life. He is the one that put man. Think about this. In the garden, God starts to create. He picks up dust. And then all of a sudden, and there's man. I don't know if you have an active imagination, but come on. Then he takes from, from man out of his side and creates woman. And there they are in the garden. And God gives him responsibility. I love the fact that God is not into entitlement. He's into sonship. In other words, what he says is, I put you here, I will take care of the things that you can't take care of, but you will tend and keep and develop, and we will be in partnership. We will work together. There is things that I'm requiring you to do, and there's things that I'm, I am required to do. I will teach you, and you will make it bigger. God the Creator, and there was peace. And Adam would meet with God in the cool of the day. And then all of a sudden, we come to the fall where, where the enemy, Satan, comes in and tempts and, dece and deceives Adam and Eve. And what was the, the deception? The deception was this. Just to reason. Well, they ate the fruit, obviously. That's why we don't eat apples at my house. <laughs> no apples. 
It's interesting that if you were to read in Genesis, it does not talk about what type of fruit is, a fruit of it, it is. And a lot of times, I remember growing up, I thought it was an apple. Eve ate the apple. Come on, Snow White and the apple. Everybody does apples. Apples is a bad thing. Stay away. But the truth is, it was not an apple, it was a fruit. And the reason it was not a named fruit is because all of our temptation is different. Okay? Some of you, you're banana people. Some of you, you're apple people. Some of you, you like rocking the kumquat. You know, I don't know. But the truth of the matter is, there is something in us that wants us to think that we can reason with God and decide for ourselves what is right and true. See, God had given man authority. All authority was given to man. And here's what happened, is when man fell, that right, that authority was given over to the enemy. I remember hearing this concept for the first time when I was young, and I was so frustrated. I was so mad because, yeah, you guys come on and just sit down. You know, I remember coming in and being so frustrated. And here's the thing. I was frustrated because I was like, how in the world... I wasn't even live, and this joker way back a million, a hundred, a thousand, six thousand years ago messed it up for me? Oh no, heck no. I, I reject that. And I'm not my daddy. You know, I, I remember being frustrated, but I didn't understand bloodline. I didn't understand the fact that Adam and Eve were the first, and they were given authority, and everything is passed through the bloodline. And when Adam and Eve fell, it affected all mankind. That's why there needed to be a second Adam, Jesus who would come in the form of a man. Come on, somebody. You hear what I'm talking about? See, if you don't understand the creation component and the fall component, then why do we need the baby? I don't need the baby. Okay, he's the savior of the world. Great. What am I saving from? I didn't fall. You know what? Sin is this. Sin means to miss the mark. And I'm going to tell you the top 10 things in church not to preach on. Number one is sin. (laughs) Ain't nobody want to hear about sin? Come on, I want to go to church and feel good about myself. I don't want to go to church and have be convicted. I don't want to be go to church and, and 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 talk about pride and ego. And I don't want to talk about like that. I want to talk about mercy and grace and how he loves me and overshadows me and, 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 and let's sing the song he loves me over and over and over again. Listen, the redemption, Jesus is the promise of redemption, which means that God wanted us to thrive by being in relationship with him and he came up with a way to deal with our sins. He came up with a way to deal with it because we had missed the mark. And so here's what he said. I'm going to send me to them so that they can be free and not be under the weight of bondage and sin and death. 
And so the second Adam, Jesus, Corinthians 15, 21 says, For since by one man death came, Adam, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. In other words, Adam blew it, but Jesus got it right. And it changes how we approach life. But I love that it doesn't stop with redemption. It goes into restoration. Think about the story does not end with just us getting better or just getting saved. But God has a promise for our tomorrow to renew us. And he wants us to rule, come on, and reign with him. And there is something past just being free. The third reason that we should be able to find, be joyful at the birth of Jesus, the third reason is this. Jesus gave birth. Jesus' birth is a gift to all mankind. It's a, Jesus' birth is a gift, come on, to all mankind. The only peace that doesn't leave you is the peace that Jesus brings. Jesus wasn't shown to... Just deal with one class of people. I love the fact that the, the wise man came. And the shepherd came. The wise man, dignitaries, people of, of means and intellect and resources. But then also the shepherd came. I don't know where you find yourself on the spectrum, but you need to understand that it doesn't matter the tax cuts for you or not for you. What I'm telling you is this gift is for you. This gift is for you. Regardless of your status, regardless of your background, regardless of the adversity that's happened in your life, there is a gift. I don't know anybody that would be given a gift and not unwrap it. You know, it's like, hey, I, I got, come on, have you ever been, been given a gift? And, and I don't know about you, but have you met, there, there are certain people that, come on, we're just going to be honest, moment of truth here, that their gift unwrapping practices frustrate me. <laughs> you know those type of people, don't put them out. But when they get a gift, they want to like save the paper. Okay, come on, we're not saving the paper. We got to jump on in it here. You know what I'm saying? It's like we wrap this so that you could wrap it and unwrap it and tear. But here, they, oh, the bow, shimmy, 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 shimmy. I mean, I'm like, get off in it. Like at my house, oh. here's the thing. What's amazing to me is this is that Jesus' birth was a gift to all mankind, and when the shepherds heard about it, they moved with haste. See, was, I, there's starting to be this idea with Jesus and, and, and God and, and when he communicates with people. We read this last week, but when Mary heard from the angel that she was going to be with child, the next day with haste, she got up and did what God wanted her to do. The shepherds, when they heard that God wanted them to do something, with haste, they got up and did it. Here's what's amazing in our Western culture is that God is kind of like, when he gives us an assignment, when he puts something on our heart to do, when he wants us to go do something, it's kind of like, let me check my calendar, I'll get back to you. 
Let me, can, I'm a, I really do want to do that. I just don't really know how I'm going to do that. I've got some schedules to jug, you, juggle, you know. I mean, you had one kid and I have four. But uh, you know what I'm saying? There's almost this idea that when God begins to speak to you, he wants an immediate reaction. Like, don't wait. Like, I'm telling you because I trust you and I love you and I value you and I'm calling you out of obscurity and I'm, and I'm actually spending time connecting with you. So here's the thing. I am actually identifying your purpose so you need to get up quickly and move. Ah, uh, kind of get around to it. I know I need to forgive my dad. I, I get around to it. He ain't going to die yet. I'll get around to forgive him. See, before we know it, here's the thing. We receive the gospel, and we receive the baby, and we, we receive the Savior. But does that really affect everything else in our life? See, if he was sent to redeem us, then wouldn't it go, wouldn't it almost be the story for us to walk in that redemption as well? Where he restored me and I missed the mark. And what about the people in my past? My last pastor, my, my, my father, my mother, my, my child, my, my aunt, my, my sister, my, all of these people. And so here's the deal. I believe the very fact that Jesus came, he said, you know what? I'm going to do for you what you're unable to do. What if we did that to all of our relationships? I'm going to forgive you and love you and restore you because I know you're unable to do it, but God did it for me. I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to, this Christmas, I'm going to be grudge-free. This Christmas, I'm not going to be scrolling through Facebook and, and talking about all the people I hate. I was given a gift. I was given a gift. And you were given a gift. I remember, uh, in, 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 since I've been alive, obviously 42 years, I've seen a lot of great gifts to our culture. Poets, artists, great gifts. People who did things extremely well. Uh, Michael Jordan, extremely well. Come on, I, I, I remember, you know, we came through, I mean, y'all know, maybe you did not know, but... Come on, we came through the Michael Jackson phase, baby. Okay? I mean, New Kids on the Block was cool, but Michael Jackson, come on. There's been a lot of cool people in life. You know, the Beeb? Uh, cool. Uh, Taylor, you know what I'm saying? A lot of cool people. But here's the, here's the thing that I think, no, I don't want to hear that paper again, is... Here's the thing that I, I want to tell you is this, is I love the fact that God went to people and didn't blow up and blow out, but here's what he did. It wasn't fanfare and it wasn't the popular person of the day. He went to those who needed him. And so here's the thing. Don't get it twisted. Jesus is far more popular than any of the people that I just mentioned. 
But he did not come here for popularity. He did not come in here so that he could be on your t-shirt. He did not come here so that he could be on a what would Jesus do bracelet. He did not come here so that you could wear a Jesus is my homeboy. (laughs) He came here because he wanted to free your life and change your life. And he is the greatest gift that you could ever receive. The greatest gift that you could ever receive. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, and that man is Christ Jesus. Here's what I want to say. The reason he's such a gift is because he goes to God on your behalf because he tells God, Listen, I know what they're going through and I know the pain of being a man I know the pain of being a human I understand that and I'm going to petition you for them your gift is still working he sits at the right hand of the father and makes intercession for you that's a pretty good gift that's what come on I want an advocate And God is that advocate for us. The biggest gift is not what's under the Christmas tree. The biggest gift was the one who eventually would be nailed to a tree. And while we can all give great gifts, and we should, the biggest gift would be for you to accept it with haste and apply His message to your life. The fourth and the last one as the band comes up is this God's plan is still working. God's plan is still working. It's still working. It's not done. It's not over. In other words, we are still seeing daily in this church people getting saved. We are seeing people being, being healed from their past, their bondages, their things that they, they grew up in that, that hurt them. And God is still in the redemptive process. We're still seeing people forgiven and free. You know, I have a gift for all of our our kids, and we'll give it to you as soon as we're done. You can just bring me one. Just bring me one. And we have a gift that we want to give you. You can get it here in a second. I didn't want to give them out because I didn't want to hear this for the rest of the service. (laughs) But there's a reason why we wanted to give out candy canes. And, you know, um, I've done a little bit of studying on the history of the candy cane and, and all of that, but... There was a reason that God went to the shepherds. And I, I believe that he began to communicate to the shepherds because he himself was identifying as a shepherd. And there is a tool that the shepherds use. The shepherd's crook. And what they do is this has a lot of different meanings, definitions, a lot of different uses. But, but one that I think is cool is when the shepherd has a sheep that goes astray, lovingly kind of just pulls him back. Pulls him back. 
You know, young people, I can tell you this. It is my hope that you grow up and serve Jesus and be a man or woman of integrity for your whole life. But on the rare occasion that you stray, you need to understand something. That Jesus is lovingly wanting to pull you back. And he never tires at doing that. Come on. There's been many times, if I'm just going to be transparent, where people have walked away from my life and my first thought wasn't, oh, let me bring them back. (laughs) My first thought was, deuces, see ya. Thanks for leaving. Better without you. Come Come on. I know you're like, I can't believe the pastor's saying that. Jesus is never done. The good shepherd, come on, back over here. You're losing your focus. Come back over here. Come on, that's not, that's not going to fulfill you. Come on, you, a degree is great, but it doesn't, it doesn't make you. Marriage is awesome, but if you're insecure and broke, you're going to be insecure. Come on, you know, having kids are awesome, and God just keeps bringing us back right where we need to be. Come on, somebody, is that good? The cool thing about this also is that the shepherd would also defend with it so when wolves would come up you know i'm not saying that jesus was part ninja or anything i'm just i'm just saying that he was protective you know a lot of people have a problem with 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 god because here's the thing that they say if god was all good then why do bad things happen Because if he is a good God, doesn't he know my pain? Doesn't he know my heartache? And the things that really scarred me in my life could have been avoided if he just showed up. But the truth of the matter is this. Just like God gave Adam and Eve a free will, he gives all of us a free will. He does. But make no mistake about it. Some people abuse that free will and they hurt people. But there, in the shepherd's hand, is a way to help fight back some of the darkness. That doesn't mean that you won't get hurt, but it does mean that what hurt you doesn't have to kill you. He's continuing trying to fight back those things in your life, those deceptions, those thoughts, those wrong personalities, those, those wrong thought processes, the, the depression. All of us face really very real things internally. And don't think for a second that the shepherd's not working to try to remind you of who you are. You are called. You know what? You're better than that. God's got a plan for you. And he's continuing to fight off things that would destroy you. Is that good? The last thing I love, and this is probably not anything like biblical. (laughs) But I love how it makes a J. I love how it makes a J. Now, if this was a real candy cane, it would be peppermint. and, and, And that would be a spice. And... It would be red and white. There's something about a candy cane. I love the fact that it's sweet. Come on, anybody like sweets? Come on. For those of you who don't, I know that we have a few with broccoli in it. And and, and you can get those after service. Uh, Broccoli candy canes are cool. Uh, Just don't tell anybody you got one. Uh, 
Jesus is sweeter than anything else that the world has to offer. Jesus is sweeter than anything else. And I know sweet kind of sounds like a feminine word, but let me just tell you this. If you've tasted bitter, hurt, and rejection, maybe it's time for something sweet to happen in your life that can change your life. And that would be the birth of a Savior. Does that make sense? God has a plan for your life. And I don't know what 2017 has been like for you, but I can tell you that this is a season of hope and joy. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.